before we start tonight's episode, I just want to give a quick PSA. I know we're living in really weird, strange, chaotic times right now, and everything is kind of discombobulated, but please, please, please listen to your local and state health department's recommendations when it comes to COVID-19, and please uh, follow the social distancing recommendations and wash your hands because it's really important to stop the spread of this virus, um, especially for those of us on the younger side of things who may be carriers. So please, please, please listen to those recommendations and follow them. And for the love of God, if you are sick, stay home. (laughs) That's all. Do it. Inspired by a galaxy far, far away, you're listening to Force Fan Podcast. The cavalry has arrived, Adrian. Oh, I see what you did there, Kat. Because we are going to talk about the Bad Batch tonight. Oof, that gave me chills. Yeah. Clone Force 99, a very, very nice touch. A very nice touch, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, uh, four four episodes of the first uh, arc of this new season, this new final season of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Cat Ray, initial thoughts, reactions, just overall, now that we've seen this first storyline play out. I loved it. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty easy to please, but <laughs> I really loved it. If you, I, I will I will preface this by saying if you had asked me, whatever, three, four years ago, um, when I first got into the Clone Wars, if I really would have been jazzed about uh, an arc like this, I would have been like, nah, I don't know, you know, maybe, but I'm kind of in it for the Jedi. Uh, now it's like all about the clones. It's like, give me all the clones. And this arc was great for that. I also think it was kind of the perfect reintroduction to the Clone Wars series um, to start out with the clones and kind of having a whole arc that focused on them and almost more specifically on Rex and kind of giving him a Mm -hmm. nice little storyline through these four episodes. Totally. uh, Just, I'm just going to echo what you uh, just, just said there. Cause uh, essentially the same, same feelings all around right here. I've been waking up at like one, two in the morning to watch these, these new episodes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they've been fantastic. The animation is just mind-blowingly beautiful. And and you're right. When I first started watching The Clone Wars back in the day, and when I started re-watching it again, like when I uh, reintroduced myself to the show much many years later, I was mostly in it for the Jedi, for Obi-Wan, for Anakin, that you know, the familiar characters. But in having rewatched it again as an adult and just rewatching it again now with the new episodes, it is all about the clones. It's the show called The Clone Wars, and I am here for the clones. <laughs> and I love him. I love him so much. Love Rex. I love Cody. I just. just I love the Bad Batch. Oh, the I Bad mean, Batch was so. <laughs> they were so much fun. They were. I have to. I have to say, I appreciate that you got up in the middle of the night, basically, to watch this because then you would go post on our socials, and then when I would wake up in the morning at about five thirty, five forty-five to watch it. <laughs> I would get like a little blip and I would be like, ooh, something's good. Something good's going to happen. Like, something to look forward to. You know so. what's awesome, though, is that when I post at that un- ungodly hour, people respond, people react to it. And I'm, it just makes me feel like I'm up with a bunch of friends watching this at the same time. It's a we're all watching, you know, from the comfort of our homes or whatever. But it's still got that communal vibe going on. Definitely. Even at one or two in the morning. That's, that's freaking <laughs> I mean, magical, man. 
people are up at all hours to watch this and it's definitely a lot of fun there's that sense of an anticipation it's almost like you get a christmas morning every week and i have to say now maybe more than ever with everything that's going on in the world mm-hmm. it's actually nice to have that because it's like there's something to look forward to every week now so i mean there was before but even more so now um just having that kind of like little bright spot more clone wars so it's definitely filling in that void that um the mandalorian and resistance uh, left yes yeah for sure just you know weekly new star wars content to look forward to it's like hey i got 22 new minutes of star wars today it's been a long week i'm gonna enjoy this now (laughs) heck yeah so it's been a lot of fun yeah it has been so much fun so before we I, I just want to get us out of the way because I know it's probably going to creep up again later. But before we get into the the meat of what we like about these episodes and whatnot, let's talk about that one moment in the second episode. <laughs> the moment. Oh my god, we're just gonna dive straight in. We're gonna right? s- okay. dive straight into that. Like why? So, why wait for it? Just let's just do it. Yeah. Well, I was. I mean, so <laughs> again, it was like five forty-five in the morning when I watched that episode and my kids are asleep, my house is quiet and I'm in my bedroom, like trying not to scream during that point because, and this is not an exaggeration. That scene is literally like everything I have ever wanted from the clone wars. Rex knows Obi-Wan knows Anakin and Padme get to have this really lovely moment. And we kind of get some of that, background <laughs> the worst kept secret in the galaxy the worst kept secret it's in official the um really everybody knows or at least the three most important people to anakin ahsoka rex obi-wan they're all in and i know ahsoka's not in that but she totally knows um so just to have that confirmation i was screaming and then rex's awkwardness awkwardness over the whole thing it was so great. It was so great. I've watched that, <laughs> watched that like one part so many times. Yeah, I, I rewinded <laughs> quite a bit when that happened, just because like was in in awe of the whole thing. I was like, you know, when we, we realized that Rex knows, like, okay, that's that's pretty cool. We we know that Rex knows, but Obi Wan knowing and straight up being that open about it. I mean the yeah connotations of that like come on it, it changes the way i'm gonna watch revenge of the sith moving forward and it's frustrating because if these mofos would just communicate more about their feelings so <laughs> much pain and suffering could have been averted uh i know you just want to like slap anakin upside the head and be like dude he knows just tell him if you tell him like uh, if they had managed to have one conversation, if Anakin could have opened up just long enough to be like, you know what? I love Padme. He probably didn't even need to say that they were married. Like, he could have just been like, I love Padme. I think I'm going to leave the order for her. Whatever. Like, what could have been prevented? <laughs> Anakin, come on. <laughs> and, then, but, and then the one line in Revenge of the Sith, maybe Obi-Wan can help us. No, no, we don't need Obi-Wan. No, 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 just... Oh, you know, just just adds Anakin. The, the cherry on top of that frustration that frustration Sunday. Just really <laughs> But but all in all, that scene is also just a really lovely scene between like so you've got the humor with Rex and then the kind of like, oh crap, Obi-Wan knows about this or knows that they're talking, at least. You know, what else he knows? We don't know. He but knows. Um, but then it's also just a really lovely scene it is. with Anakin and Padme. And I have to say, so they're they're doing um I don't know what they're calling them, Clone Wars dispatches or something like that. Um, where they're, you know, talking to people and kind of breaking down the oh, right, right, right. afterwards. And Filoni, after um that episode came out. Filoni basically said there's not really any Padme. Like, that's the only Padme that we're going to get in these last 12 episodes, which, as a Padme fan, I am super disappointed about. Yeah, boo. But, but I am really glad that at least, at the very least, 
Filoni recognized that when they were looking at these episodes that they were going to bring back. He recognized that and he actually went and wrote this really beautiful scene so they could have this kind of bridge between the Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith. So there's a nice, you know, a nice little kind of tie to to bring that all along. And it is a really lovely scene between the two of them. Um, you know, you can see how much Anakin relies on Padme and her advice and how that kind of helps keep him steady. And so I'm I'm really glad that at least we got that. Um, I'm still super disappointed that that's all we're going to see of her. And I really think they missed a huge opportunity and I will never stop harping on this to do like an arc, even a mini arc with Padme starting to become disillusioned with the Republic and forming, you know, the the delegation of the 2000 or whatever it is, kind of the early seeds of the rebellion with Bail Organa and Mon Mothma. All, that, they, all they got to do is <sighs> get the deleted scenes from Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, and, and just animate them. Animate them, and like, there you go. Can- <laughs> you got them. Like, you just canonize those scenes uh, for, the, for the love of God. Oh, uh, so close. Anyway, but, uh, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna let that go. But anyway, it was great. I love that. That may be my favorite scene. That whole bit. That may be my favorite scene, like ever in the Clone Wars, which is not an exaggeration. <laughs> I mean, literally, maybe my favorite. So um, you made a very interesting point right now of, of uh, saying that Padme kind of represents this this emotional rock for Anakin, right? This this little angel on his shoulder, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? Guiding him and like just telling him, you know, you know what you have to do. You know, you got to be there for your friend because he's always there for you. You know, yep. she, she's a guide for him, like you said. But Padme also represents a very dark aspect of Anakin's personality. Mm-hmm. And, the hidden, and in these yeah. couple of episodes, especially these four episodes, um, we got to see that play out pretty significantly. It, it annoys yes. me. It annoys me when people say that Anakin struggled with the dark side. I don't know if I brought this up before, but he, the guy does not struggle with the dark side. The moment he gets a little emotional or a little mad, he dives right he in. Dives right in. Right. <laughs> so that that exchange, it was cute. Uh, Obi Wan and Rex, funny as hell. But then when Obi-Wan drops the bomb, right, we're, we're all in, oh, my God, he knows. His yeah. reaction to Obi-Wan teasing him. That's, he's pissed. He's pissed. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, there, there's a little, ooh, okay, so there's the other there's the other side of that coin to what yes. Padme represents to Anakin. And yeah, as we're getting I, closer to Revenge of the Sith and seeing how much darker Anakin is allowing himself to grow mm-hmm. this close to, to the movie, it's just, it's a good natural progression of, of things that just really feels appropriate at this point. Well, and even before season seven, there were flashes in kind of the later seasons of the Clone Wars, right? Where Anakin would kind of do something a little bit questionable Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of give in to that, that anger. And so this does feel like a very natural bridge to revenge of the sith in that way because almost in at least three out of the four episodes in this arc we kind of get glimpses of anakin starting to break down a little bit so in the first episode he asks rex you know is there anything else and rex lies to him or omits amidst the truth however you want to think about that and you can see anakin kind of get this very brief you know he doesn't quite believe him so there's that little flash of like he knows that rex has not been completely truthful so it's like kind of a ding right there and then you've got obi-wan in the second episode who knows that he and padme are have are having ongoing conversations and he's not happy about that. And then, of course, in the last episode of this arc, Unfinished Business, <laughs> you get you get this really intense conversation between Admiral Trench and Anakin where, you know, Trench is like, "You, but you're a Jedi. And Anakin says, I don't have those weaknesses mm-hmm. or something like that. And then 
slashes off That's three of his arms or something, which is like a complete like, and that is That's a Vader felt, move, just saying. That's yes, a total Vader. Yeah. Oh, oh, so uh, did you, was there a little Imperial March in the music at that point? I, I, I can't really tell because there's the lightsaber slashing right through. But I feel that, like we dip into Imperial March a bit. That's a good question. And I think I meant to go back and pay more attention. And I did not. But it would not surprise me because Kevin Kiner, I've now noticed, maybe because I've been listening. So I've been rewatching the Clone Wars and Rebels and listening to the soundtracks like crazy because just give it all to me. Like I'm all I'm all back in. <laughs> And my feels and my Clone Wars and like I'm just like mainstreaming it right now. Um, but I've noticed that Kevin Kiner, similar to the master himself, John Williams, is has gotten very good at slipping in some of those little themes underneath when there's something going on. Um, so it would not surprise me if he had included a snippet of the Imperial March there because listening, listening, going back now and watching other episodes and being like, Oh, wait a minute. It's there. It's there. And, or like, Oh, he slipped that in there. Like I recognize that. So it wouldn't surprise me if he had done that at all. I think at the very least something in the same key is Imperial March. He, he referenced it somehow, even if it's not the theme itself, there is a, there's a flavor of Imperial March in that moment. And I'm all for that. I love moments like that. I love watching. I love going back and watching these older episodes. And anytime Anakin freaks out, there being a little Imperial Marge. I'm all for it. That's mwah. yes. Give me, give me more, more. <laughs> well, and that moment in particular, where Anakin like blatantly is just you know, I don't have those weaknesses, or I don't have that weakness, or however that line. I have, I have no is such phrased. weaknesses. Bam. I am, Bam. Goes. And it's like that feels like such a step toward Revenge of the Sith. You know, it was like, damn, like things are going to get, <laughs> it's really happening. Oh, let's also <laughs> no. not forget uh, Anakin took it one step further, I guess, on the Vader train by adding a little joke at the end. He, he just murdered the guy by impaling Oh, yeah. Him. And then Admiral, it was a Trench pleasure. Twitching on the yeah. floor. He makes a joke. He just slaughtered a. Uh, I didn't say I'm, I'm like, he's not a man. He's a tarantula. But he just slaughtered a a, a man spider. Cyborg tarantula. A cyborg yeah. tarantula man. Sentient cyborg tarantula man. <laughs> who's twitching and it dying in pain on the floor. And he makes a joke about it. It was a pleasure, Admiral. Just runs off. That's dark, man. That is like I I have a dark sense of uh, humor. I have a very dark sense of humor and even that was a little too, too dark for me it's like damn and that's i have you to admit savage, I Anakin, you savage <laughs> never one to pass up a joke at any time um i did get a laugh though because you've got trench doing his like death rattle and his arms are like and then he it's dead so <laughs> let's hope he stays dead this time because this is like what like the third time he supposedly died <laughs> no joke I think he's finally dead. Yes, though. I mean, he got—he literally got stabbed. Although, I mean, I. W- <laughs> well, he got—he was on a ship that blew up, so. Uh, just, you would have thought, yeah. right? But maybe, maybe spiders can survive in space. Has that been done before? I don't know. I've read a. Nu- I'm reading a science fiction book <laughs> where there are sentient spiders in space, so this is all very timely. So maybe. Um, I wonder if NASA has ever taken spiders. The space. fools. They've killed the us all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, well, while we're talking about Anakin and Vader, uh, I want to bring up uh, something you wrote on one of our afterward blogs. You made this very interesting comparison uh, between Vader and Echo. Oh, yes. A, yeah. I mean, Echo is like the focal point of this arc. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a bit of a the same way that I think Maul and Kenobi kind of mirror each other in, in a lot of ways. I think in this particular arc anyway, Anakin and Echo are in a similar type of mirror situation. It's actually really interesting that you bring that up because I remember in writing that particular afterwards post, we were unsure at the end of that episode and John and I both felt that Echo 
was not like he was going to revert back and be like a separatist spy or do something that was going to somehow damage the Republic. Like it was going to end badly. Mm-hmm. And you you <laughs> didn't think that. And so you almost got this reverse like they're kind of like inverses of each other, right? Yeah. Like they have very similar injuries. Echo comes out of this. He's got, you know, the machine legs. His one arm has been replaced by the droid interactive uh, piece, whatever you want to call the, that. The droid arm. Um, the, the droid arm. The electric screwdriver arm. <laughs> and And the other people around him are also doubting him. You know, Anakin is a little bit questionable on on it rex is even questionable tech isn't quite sure is echo really going to come through like has he completely come back to us is he really echo and what ends up happening is that yes actually he is like he's he's fully back on the side of the republic like he 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 made that transition and was able to come back all the way unlike what happens to anakin right he doesn't. So that's kind of an interesting inverse with the two of them. But yeah, it's very striking how Echo's injuries very, I mean, reflect the ones that Anakin will have and does have currently. I mean, it's the same one arm, but like the legs and stuff. So, yeah, I went back and watched that episode and I was trying to watch it the way you and John kind of talked about it. Like, ooh, Echo might be not what he seems and 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 i just could not could not see it i i i i saw the episode I'm like oh echo's just happy to it was a nice moment between between him and rex if anything the whole just like old times i thought he's either gonna die doing something heroic or some something's gonna happen because it's not gonna be like the old times there, there was this air of nostalgia of melancholy and remembering and remembering those times that he had with rex so for, yeah. for me, I just took it as something's going to happen. And ultimately that something ended up being he joined the Bad Batch. He didn't join back mm-hmm. up with the 501st or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I never got a sense of menace or, or anything from that. And I, guess- and I think I think that's like my biggest gripe with these batch of episodes, actually. Okay. I, a very, very strong start. The first two episodes, fantastic. Start with a bang. Uh, continue it with some really intense emotional stakes. And then the following two episodes just kind of, to me, they dropped the tension that they had been setting up. Okay. Especially that third episode where. You mean the episode that I found the most to talk about out of any of the episodes? Strangely enough, for some <laughs> reason, yes. Strangely enough. <laughs> like, I, again, like, I enjoy a good battle, but after a while, it's like, these guys aren't going to die right now. There's still one more episode. We know there is. So, I don't know. I couldn't get really get into that. And then the fourth episode just really rushes the whole, is he bad? Is he good thing with Echo? Yeah, I do wish the third episode had been a bit longer. And I get what I get what you're saying about the tension. I guess with, with Echo and when they finally did rescue him, I was <laughs> I guess my gut feeling was that Filoni was gonna find some way to like hurt us. Which he does, but not in the way that I was expecting. So <laughs> I guess kudos, Dave. And I should preface this by saying, like, I haven't... So I know the Bad Batch story reels existed on the internet for a while. I think they've actually been taken down now. We, we did not watch them. Or I didn't. But, but I have not... Like, I did not watch those story reels before this these these episodes aired. So I was totally... This was all, like new to me i didn't know um what was gonna happen so you know feloni does twist that knife a little bit by ultimately taking echo away anyway but it just didn't happen in the manner that i thought it would (laughs) he's just gonna make us cry later when like the bad batch all have their chips in and start killing jedi and it's gonna be oh is that what you think happens is that that, that's what (laughs) i don't No, i mean i don't know i hope that's not what happens but (laughs) we're getting really really close to that well yeah yeah we are and you know i was actually wondering what what happens to these dudes uh Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if we saw them again uh right before the season is over you know 
I'd be willing to take that bet. Yeah. I think you're right. I think they might turn up somewhere. So that'd be cool. But uh, just to kind of, I guess, add one more thing to the whole echo echo thing. We we, we when, at the start of the third episode. No, I'm sorry. The start of the fourth episode. Okay. Uh, we see him back in clone armor. He's got this very nice custom white armor. Star Wars is very on the nose with its symbolism. So had they put Echo in like something darker and have had given him like a darker mood, I would have been like, okay. You, he's going to go evil. They're going to do something <laughs> with him. Like Star Wars is very on the nose, always has been very on the nose with with their black and white, good versus evil type, uh, type of character. Yes. So. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, the Umbara arc, as soon as he saw General Krill, you know that there was something up with him. Like, this guy's bad. There's something off about this guy. He's a jerk. At the very least, you think he's a jerk. Echo did not display any of those design uh, features for me that indicate a gray or uh-huh. dark character. So that could have no, been it, too. You're right. You're right. He had his white, shiny armor back. He just had this wholesome look the whole time. Like he, like he was just happy to be included again. He was. Oh, I know. It was so <laughs> cute. And he had like the. They gave him like the little Bad Batch skull. Yeah, that on was his cute. Armor. It was so cute. No, I gotta tell you though too, the body horror on display with Echo. Oof. Oof. Yeah, that was right up your alley, Adrian. You're you're like the horror guy. Yeah. So I mean, I could definitely tell those vibes and that whole kind of you know the Watt Tambor's Frankenstein's laboratory, but that's really like. That's up your alley for sure. So, like, that whole sequence is weird just to slightly geek out about horror here a bit. Okay, so what Tambor's uh, lab had this very cool steampunk type of mm-hmm. aesthetic to it. Nice. I always love a good steampunk look. <laughs> but then you see Echo and you got this very H.R. Geiger, kind of like an alien type of thing going on. Like this mm. biopunk, biomechanical kind of thing going on. I That kind of stuff gets to me, like, bad Echo got to me bad when he just kind of flopped out of his oh, coffin. That was Oof. so freaking creepy. That was. That, I mean, that was meant to be creepy, that but it's was. just like because he basically just kind of like slumps forward, and you can tell something is wrong. I mean, the fact that he took it into a machine for one, but just kind of like the overall, like he's gone. You know, limbs are replaced. He's plugged in. Oh yeah, that was like chill inducing. I also had the thing where I always forget what it's called, but it's that phobia or that feeling of uncomfortableness that you get if you look at a bunch of holes close together. Oh, the tri- tryptophobia. Yes, that tri- thing. Yeah, whatever that is. I have that yes. thing, and I got that reaction looking at Echo when, especially when Rex held him up, and we. Got, oh, we had to go I look know when he's got. It's like oh, oh yeah. like that. That totally was gross me that out. was pretty gross. So kudos was- to the design team for going that far with it. Yes, yeah, it's definitely, it definitely gives you this feeling, even in an animated show, this kind of, like, visceral uncomfortableness of, like, this is unnatural, like, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have all these things, it's not, it's not right, um, for And sure. just so you make sure you understood that, that was part of Rex's, uh, uh, speech later on to the, to the natives about, hey, look, they try to turn him into a machine. That's bad. Mm-hmm. This is Star Wars and we're anti-technology. Help us. <laughs> I mean, it's also interesting just from within the story itself that even the techno union doesn't really consider him human anymore. The asset or like not we the would asset, still say them, um, that. Well, they call them an investment. And investment at one point, theorist, thank you. And uh, at one point, I even think, oh, okay. So I do have to say, so for this third episode, I did go back and I watched a YouTube video comparing um, the story reels versus what we actually saw on the screen. And I can't remember if it was in the story reels or in the episode itself now. This is all blurring together. My brain is fried. Um, but either in the story reels or in the episode, um, I think what Tambor at one point says, 
you know, he he died and we, you know, like brought him back and utilized him. So like he's not even human anymore to them. Basically, he's just a piece of tech and experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's interesting to look at it from that point. You know, Rex pointing out like, look, they tried to turn him into a machine. And then the techno union guys being like, oh, yeah, he's not even human anymore. You know, he was died and now we're using him for his information the algorithm so it also that also brings up a kind of a larger point about like clones versus you know citizens in the galaxy and where do clones fit in and right. are they are they considered people in the eyes of the galaxy anyway that's a different a different conversation they but, argue that they're humans and they're people too but they're constantly dressed to look like droids to an extent that armor makes them look like the robot so and i mean you know they're clones so they all theoretically you know they're gen- there's a lot of layers alike, there even though, yeah yeah there's a lot of a lot of cool layers which it's complicated to it's probably the strongest aspect of the clone wars overall just that it makes us think about this kind of stuff for a quote-unquote kid show yeah I was actually wondering, I was like, do the Clone Wars, do the, do the clone soldiers, do they get like a pension or something when they retire? Do they get a pension from the army? I guess the Empire <laughs> when I, they retire. <laughs> I don't think that would be a priority, no. Yeah. Uh, so right now I'm reading Tarkin and a uh, little spoiler alert here. Um, oh. A clone shows up yeah. working for the Empire. Very, It's a very quick fleeting moment, but uh, it's, he's described as having aged quite a bit and Vader threatens him because he he's a little rough with his meditation pot as they're loading it up onto Tarkin's ship. <laughs> so some clones managed to stay uh, within the Empire long after that initial takeover period, the first year or so. There were still yeah. a few clones scattered within the, the overall Imperial machine. But as we've seen in Rebels 2, a lot of clones fought against that. They They, they left, so... Yeah. I would like to know what happens to the majority of the clones after they... Yes. I was just going to say that, Adrian. (laughs) (laughs) I'd really like to know the timeline of what happened. Like, how long after the Empire took over did they force the clones out? And how many clones stayed? And how many of them left? And what happened after they left? Did they get their pensions and just disappeared? Did some of them go to work for the nascent rebellion? What did they do? Become fry cooks at a diners? <laughs> you know, I don't know. What are they doing, Adrian? Farmers? Who knows? <laughs> you get an order for a number two with extra space fries? Sir, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good cooks follow orders. Good um, cooks follow <laughs> orders. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna call it now. I'm th- I'm thinking that Clone Wars is gonna end with another little type of montage type of thing, like Rebels mm. did. Yeah, you're probably right. So uh, I I think we'll maybe get an indication as to what happens to some of these clones, at least mm. for sure. Rex and you know some of the other clones we see later on, there might be some slight indication that kind of hints at how they got from there yeah. to there without. Maybe. Right. There'll be something. A little little nugget of something. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I, I think you're right on that case. I had another point that I've now completely forgotten, <laughs> thanks to alcohol. So, never mind. Uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I think we know that some of the 501st stays with Vader. So there's, at least for a, right. little, for a while little while after the Clone Wars, there are some... Well, again, that's, are, that's still part of that of initial. That's still part of that initial yeah. takeover period from like the transition mm-hmm. from Republic to Empire. We know they're still around, but from what I've gathered, from what I've gathered, it just sounds like a lot of the clones were kind of killed off during that era because they weren't making anymore, so they weren't being replaced. Doesn't surprise me. They're expendable. They're expendable. I mean, so. that's why they were created, right? Right. Oh, so as ouch. <laughs> As Palpatine creates, you know, just like a uh, stormtrooper core, you know, made up of normal humans, normal yeah. humans. Oh, that's that's clone. Let's clonist, whatever of, of <laughs> natural born humans. Um, it makes sense that these clones would just be sent off on like these very intense, dangerous missions to kind of, you know, they're pawns. They're still being used as pawns. They were pawns in the Clone Wars. They're going to be pawns for the early part of the Empire. Yeah. 
that's what makes sense to me. And the way yeah. Vader talks to him too, just kind of, yeah. In, in the Tarkin yeah. book, I mean. Mm, interesting. I haven't read that yet. You're ahead of me. Congratulations. No, I'm not. <laughs> Don't you patronize um, me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're right. Um, yeah, that actually I've been thinking. So I did just go back. We're getting way off tangent here, but I did just go back and watch the clone commanders episodes and rebels and Rex talks about like they got their chips removed. Mm-hmm. Have you caught any indication of that like am i forgetting did they do that right after the season six arc like i don't i, I I've don't think i've seen the scar on rex's it. head I don't, I don't think we're there yet necessarily i, yeah. I that's one of the things i'm uh, things i'm looking for in this season yeah. <laughs> i'm like surely feloni wouldn't have forgotten that no right? no no i no. mean these are like his babies so start looking for it by the time we get to the siege of mandalore oh yeah for sure yeah. Which ah, Siege of Mandalore, but that's later on. But uh, <gasps> but no, no, I'm I'm right there with you, Kat. I'm kind of keeping an eye out for for that whole. <laughs> okay, not just me. Thing. Yeah. Uh so you know we still got a little bit t- bit of time left. So let's actually talk about the Bad Batch, like the members themselves. We haven't really Heck discussed yeah. them. Yeah, let's do it. Because I know you got some thoughts about some of them, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, so when they were initially introduced, it felt very stereotypical to me. And I know I wrote this in one of our Afterwards blogs, but it felt very stereotypical. You know, you've got, like, the the muscle and the leader and the nerdy tech guy and the silent stoic type. But, but, despite that, but? despite their very stereotypical entrance... I still fell in love with all of them. Like Tech is a, Tech is a super cute nerd. He reminds me of Ant Man. His little costume, like it had a very Ant Man vibe to it. That's literally the first thing I thought. That of. is a, that is that is a total Ant Man vibe. You're right. Um. So of course, because I love Paul Rudd and I love Ant Man, I was like, well, Tech is my baby now, so I love him and protect this <laughs> sweet child because he's so adorable. Uh, but but I grew to love all of them and i actually was particularly pleased that wrecker who kind of comes across as like the stereotypical jock you know muscle (laughs) uh you know not much depth (laughs) they actually do give him a little bit of of depth a little bit more depth Um, yeah he usually with characters like that they're very they're played up for you know Cheap the yucks laugh. and laughs yeah. like that. Um. But Filoni and company did allow for little moments of he's afraid of this, but he's so confident in himself. He's not afraid to hide it. Like, yeah, I am. I don't like heights. I am afraid of heights. I love doing this. But he's I very emotional. He's expressive. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So the, and it's a little light thing that just it's a sprinkle of of character there. Yeah. And but I also like that there are moments <laughs> when he'll do something and everyone else is like calm down dude (laughs) like chill out (laughs) let's dial it down a little bit um and so you you do have those kind of humorous moments but it's not necessarily at his expense it's just you know like the people reacting to him and kind of being like okay let's tone it down a little we don't need to go quite so crazy um but yeah i he's probably he's probably the most memorable of, yes. the, of the crew hunter yes. hunter's the leader but he's he kind of fades into the background he's the after the, he does yes he does yeah and i was actually a little bit surprised by that um because you know he's the leader and so i in at least in the first episode when you've kind of got the bad batch and the regs who are kind of you know at odds with each other over how to do things and he kind of steps in and calms things down and helps direct what's going to happen next. And then, honestly, in the next three episodes, he kind of fades into the background a little bit. Yeah, after that, it becomes a Rex and Echo It's show. the Rex and Echo show, which, you know, I'm not complaining yeah, about. Yeah, me neither. But, but. but he, doesn't, he doesn't get very much else to do that's, like, super unique, except for, I guess following Anakin when Anakin gets picked up by one of the Kiridaks and taken off to the village. But he doesn't actually really do a ton, except for just fighting in, like, the last episode. 
So, I mean, yeah, they, they, they all have personalities that we like, but as far as like, you know, for an arc of episodes that's called the Bad Batch arc, that we consider the Bad Batch arc and they're the Bad Batch, I feel like we didn't get enough of the Bad enough Batch. Enough of the Bad Batch themselves. <laughs> I mean, for me, it came down to like there are a lot of little moments that really shine through. So, like, in is it the second episode? Where they go to Skako Minor and Anakin gets picked up by one of the Karadax and you like crosshair steps up and he's like, I've got this. And you see him resting his rifle on Tech's shoulder to oh, shoot yes, yes, the yes. line. Mm-hmm. Or in um, the last episode where... Wrecker like spins his blaster and hands it to Hunter and then goes, you know, does his little move. He hulks and out. then goes and, <laughs> and is like the the wrecking ball and takes yeah. out all those droids. So there were a lot of little moments like that where you can tell just from the animation that this team basically works seamlessly together. Like they've been doing this for, you know, three years or whatever the clone or however long. They've been together, but they work really well. And it's like these little tiny interactions that they just show us in the animation that really kind of illustrate how well they do that and what a cohesive unit they are. And so for me, like, yes, we didn't get to see very much individual growth or depth in these characters, which is a shame, but you do get these nicely animated interactions that kind of that show basically how cohesive they are. The show don't tell. Um, That's fair. So so I guess I can live with it in the sense that because I can pick up on these other little things from, you know, watching that rewatching and watching the episodes, it. It bothers me a little bit less, but I do agree for an arc that's supposedly focused on this unique clone squad and their unique abilities, we kind of lose that as the arc goes on. Yeah, I feel I, I feel they could have been served better from a character standpoint had they had their it, it would like it was just a mission for them. Yeah. Maybe they have Anakin or Obi-Wan, someone, like one of the Jedi generals leading them or something. Maybe mm-hmm. Yoda. I don't know. But, like, the focus should have been, like, on them. Mm-hmm. But like you're saying, too, I mean, you know, no points in just kind of hoping for what wasn't, you know? <laughs> yeah. What we got was still pretty good. We I, Echo coming back was nice. A lo- plenty of lo- lovely moments with Rex and Echo. <gasps> Rex. Going back to the whole Anakin thing. I mean, there was a lot in these episodes that changed a lot for me anyway. I think for you too and like a lot of the fandom as far as like we see certain things now. So overall, (laughs) I would say that it's a success, you know? I don't know how else to call it, but... Yeah, I mean, I think, and I think Dave Filoni said this in one of his like post-episode interviews, you know, he's kind of looking at these episodes... Um, and the whole 12 episodes, as you know, you get a little series, a little arc with Rex, who's kind of the focal point. We're going to get the next arc is going to focus on Ahsoka and her out of being out of the Jedi Order. And then the final arc with the Siege of Mandalore is going to bring both of them together and end everything. And so. Uh, I can definitely. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, Go cry. That's a good observation, um, though. We get a we get a Rex heavy arc. We get an Ahsoka yeah. focused arc, and then we well, get the two I together. Mean, that's coming from Dave Filoni. That's not coming from me. Oh, that's well, I did not see that interview with Dave Filoni, so I'm attributing yeah. to you now. <laughs> it was <laughs> well, thank you, but it was not actually me. It was Dave Filoni. Um, I yeah. So I kind of I kind of love that they're doing it that way. Because, you know, we know what's going to happen with Anakin and Obi-Wan. You know, they're going to go into Revenge of the Sith. And we know that how that's going to end. And, I mean, we do know eventually what happens with Rex and Ahsoka. But we don't know what, what they're going through during that specific time period. Um, we, got a, we got a taste of it in the Ahsoka novel. Just a yes, very, a very quick taste. taste. And I'm I'm wondering how much of that is gonna translate into the into the actual show. 
I'd be curious. Yeah, we should revisit that. Maybe maybe do a book club on it right before I that starts, huh? definitely think we should. That was one of the things on my like to do is reread Ahsoka and then have a podcast book club before we get to the Siege of Mandalore. We have four weeks. We can do it. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Always down. Yeah. I just, before, as we're starting to kind of wrap things up a little bit, I do just want to say, because I didn't mention this earlier, that the animation in these episodes, freaking gorgeous. I I think I said this on our text thread, but I really wish they could just go back and redo the whole series. (laughs) Give it a nice polish. (laughs) And like re-release it, you know, with this nice, beautiful polish on it, because holy crap everybody has got a glow up in season seven i mean everybody is looking fine obi-wan has got his gray yes obi-wan is great anakin's hair is defying gravity oh my gosh anakin (laughs) looks freaking amazing oh can we talk about though in episode three how like anakin is the most anakin anakin ever is i mean i could just watch that all day He's was that English or was that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe not. I don't even know. Um, Strangely, I, I understood it, though. <laughs> he's diving off cliffs and force pushing droids and doing all this crazy stuff. And Still showing being, up, General. Like, yeah, we up. got the whole. Uh, uh, oh, so, yeah, that moment's a nice. It's a nice callback nice call to back the movie. to the movie. Yes, yeah. I loved that. I don't, because, I mean, nobody says anything to him in the movie, but you do. He's just like, follow me, boys. And he jumps off the out of the ledge or window or whatever it is onto another similar ball droid, basically being extra AF. It's pretty much a, a redo of that scene, but yes. better. <laughs> but better, yeah. <laughs> so, sure. you know, kudos to the, the animators and the designers because everything looks so so good it's so like all of it is just beautiful but there there are definitely some some shots that you know stick out more than others um like the bridge scene in the third episode when they're standing on that like pipeline and of the droids coming out them and that shot is just gorgeous (laughs) the the big sweeping shots that start i think two of these episodes over an axis those are gorgeous oh by the way i think we we were all waiting for an axis to blow up right yes we were we were i was definitely thinking that bomb was gonna go off and they were gonna destroy an axis in this in that last episode because when we see it in rebels they'll you know half the planet is cratered and there's an asteroid field around it from this explosion. Right. You know that bomb we, eventually goes up. We know what oh, yeah. the cause of it was. Yeah. It's this bomb. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, so I, I get... Oh God, there's so many little things we can still talk about, but just oh, real quick, yeah. just real well, quick. Thoughts on, thoughts on Mace Windu in that last episode especially. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, thank you. How could we forget? I'm talking about Anakin being extra af who did he learn it from mace freaking windu and obi-wan kenobi holy crap those guys jumping first of all they're jumping out of their transports through the roof of this <laughs> giant you know i guess i guess it's like technically a ship factory yeah manufacturing the, the, plant the, the warehouse complex whatever you want to call yeah, it yeah you know, manufacturing complex the ships, whatever uh-huh. blah 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 um <laughs> who cares about those details <laughs> they jump out of their transports <laughs> to crash through the ceiling down into this manufacturing factory floor. And then Mace Windu gives like a three minute long speech. Not really, but <laughs> he's just flexing for Obi-Wan. Like we get that reaction of Obi-Wan I, just kind of looking at him. He's I reminding Obi-Wan that he has destroyed more B1 it's- battle droids than he has. That's what's going on there. <laughs> they have a bet going on that we don't know about. And he's just reminding Obi Wan. He's gloating. He's flexing. That's that's all he is. He that I loved that. I mean, I'm all about the Jedi being extremely extra and showing off. And so that was just <laughs> I loved that. I mean, I can't I can't say this enough. I loved that. I thought it was great. And the fact that Mace Windu they do this, and then Mace Windu gives a freaking speech. <laughs> 
after they crash dramatically <laughs> through the ceiling. I mean, wow, it's <laughs> so great. It's perfect. It, it's it, it is perfect, but it's almost I, I almost want to say it's a little out of character for me, Swindu. Yeah, but I mean, it is such a good moment, though, that I'm like, I don't care. Mace is a pretty dry character as it is, so mm-hmm. and we get an opportunity to get a little levity from him that way. Well, I think it's interesting because you mentioned that this is maybe like the most Jedi we see Mace. Like this is kind of his like yes, yeah, absolutely because he's Jedi trying to moment. avert conflict. He's trying to mm-hmm. use words for once. Yes, Mace yeah, doesn't be, care about that. Mace do, does what Mace wants. So for him to be like negotiating with droids especially it's like dude you don't see droids as sentient things why are you talking to them right now you're you're flexing or you're feeling lazy that's that's my thing <laughs> yeah it is it definitely is kind of an odd moment just given the action that's happening and then all of a kind sudden it kind of screeches to a halt so that he can give this speech but i also found it kind of hysterical so oh, I'm, yeah, willing to, I, I, I'm willing to let that totally, slide totally, because totally. i find it amusing so but yeah that was <laughs> how could we forget that that was great that was great um yeah no i did end up really enjoying this arc and i'm kind of i guess i'm kind of glad that i went into it unspoiled Spoiler, like I'm basically, except for the Siege of Mandalore, which if you've read the Ahsoka novel, there are a few hints about what happens there. Not a ton, but a few. Well, we get the end of it, basically. Um, and we get the, we get the end of it. Um, although I have some thoughts that it may actually be changed a little, but we'll see. It'll probably be um, retconned a bit. It already has been retconned a bit. So. Yeah, but but I did really enjoy this arc um, a lot, and I'm glad that I didn't know what was going to happen because I could kind of speculate about what would, like I was at least after the first episode, I was pretty convinced that Echo wasn't like really alive, that he was like a brain in a jar. (laughs) That was my, that was my feet. That was my thought. And that turned out that was wrong, um, which I'm happy about, but you know, it was nice to be able to be able to do that, I guess, as opposed to having watched the story reels and knowing what was coming. But I had a lot of fun with this. Totes. Um, which, you know, honestly, a couple of years ago, I probably wouldn't have said. Um, but now, and maybe it's because we're like reaching. The, well, I mean, I don't. I mean, I definitely in part, it's because we're reaching the end. And so it's like every moment is precious. And I love all of these characters. And I want them to just go and take naps and be happy and take retire. Naps. And I know that's not going to happen. <laughs> So, <laughs> you know, like hang you. on to every to hang on to every minute. But it's it's still a lot of fun. Um, I definitely enjoy it, enjoyed it because we kind of we do get to see a little bit. I mean, we've seen Rex over the course of the Clone Wars kind of holding his own. But in this case, you know, it's like against his brothers a little bit. You know, these kind of like special genetically different um clones who've kind of been bred for these soup you know certain traits and so but he's still right there with them in the thick of it so yeah it was good yeah. i liked it o- overall i had fun overall i gotta agree with you um again just to kind of recap what i said earlier um first two episodes solid things got a little wonky the last in the second in that second half where i think the storytelling kind of took a bit of a backseat to the visuals which is fine but <laughs> i mean i just find it odd how what they decide to explore in these clone wars episodes sometimes and it goes really dark or very heavy but yeah. then you get similar situations like like the Poltec village war which you know that for me i thought that was a setup for like a very intense moment you know they brought back the war and you know whatever but it goes away with a little speech the village is destroyed a lot of natives die you know there's this very there's this yeah. very colonial uh, thing going on in the Clone mm-hmm. Wars in both the Republic and the CIS. But we didn't explore that here, even though for me it felt like it was set up. And a, a, lot, a lot of things like that that just kind of didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth. But I'm like, I, well, that could have po- been this. Yeah. But like and- you're saying, it was a really fun batch of episodes and 
It still did a yeah. lot. I mean, honestly, there is a lot more that they could have gotten into. And in part, sometimes I wish they'd gotten into, you know, well, I mean, as we previously talked about, like, 20 minutes ago, um, <laughs> you know, stuff about the clones, you know, and kind of their standing in the Republic and what it means, um, given, you know, like Echo's condition or the, the fact that they basically drag the Poltex into war and the Poltex are pissed, but then, oh, they go along with it and then they just get left behind. Like, you have to yeah, imagine a- that the Techno Union will eventually retaliate, but then the Republic has left these people. Like, they got what they came for, now they're gone. That's what I'm saying. Right? The, the tension was lost. There's no consequences. Yeah. There's, you know, Again, just I'm, I'm not just I'm repeating myself at this point, but again, just <laughs> thematically they dropped the ball a lot in that third episode, especially. But again, I I do enjoy these episodes. They were fantastic. They were fun. They were beautiful to watch, and you know I am just so pumped to reintroduce ourselves to Ahsoka in these coming episodes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the trailer that dropped yesterday, yesterday, fantastic. earlier this week. Oh, so good. Our girl is all grown up. You're she so looks fast. flawless. She's got a nice nail job. She's looking great. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. And it's also, it definitely feels like it's going to have a little bit of that um, underworld flavor. I think we see some pikes or something in the, mm. in the trailer. So, hey, maybe we'll get... Maul, what's Maul doing? Has he no? He hasn't set up his criminal empire yet. No, right now he's that's still, after. He's still with Death Watch at this point. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. I'm thinking ahead. You're thinking way ahead. You're thinking. I'm thinking way ahead. You're thinking yeah. Solo era. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm wearing a Kira shirt right now. I'm jumping my timeline. <laughs> jumping my timeline ahead. Never but maybe ma- never mind. You know, but maybe we'll get uh, the seeds for that somewhere in this. Mm, that'd be pretty cool that would be i'd be down with that so would I, I mean i'm always down with that i like having the little seeds that you know yeah I, especially because it's like the seeds in a show that's ending to a movie that's already come out so like why the heck not you know which is a prequel it. to a series where we see the character <laughs> come full circle <laughs> and obi-wan yeah oh. Now I have a headache. Oh, no. Star Wars Junior. <laughs> junior timelines and release. Oh, my gosh. And release yeah. schedules. Well, cool. We hope you enjoyed our not so deep, but kind of deep dive into the Bad Batch arc. <laughs> Again, we had a lot of fun watching these episodes, and we're just so stoked to have more new Clone Wars. And we're just savoring every new bit of Star Wars we can get, especially these days where we need all the happiness and all the relaxation we can get. <laughs> And the escape from reality, yeah, yes. You know, it comes in handy. Alcohol's nice, but, you know, alcohol and Star Wars. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect, though. <laughs> um, so if you want to share your thoughts on these episodes with us, you can do so on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ForceFanPodcast or our webpage, BlueLabPro.com slash ForceFanPodcast, where we have a somewhat weekly blog, or afterwards blog, where... We post We're thoughts trying. or reviews for stuff that don't necessarily make it onto the podcast. If you want to at one of us directly, you can do so with me on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Lab Pro. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cat Ray. Um, recommend a book club book for us to do. We we love doing book clubs, and I'm yeah. Acci- I've accidentally started doing a Star Wars reading challenge, so <laughs> make me read. Act- Accidentally, accidentally he says that's in air quotes um, no it was it was not meant to be a challenge it was just me wanting to catch up but now it's a challenge <laughs> but yeah so just any, anything reach out review us on itunes we would really or uh, sorry apple podcast uh, we would really really appreciate it it helps and uh yeah we're looking forward to keeping this going uh as long as we can um stay safe out there safe clean wash your hands Social distance. Social distance. Just please just listen to the scientists. Listen to the doctors. Be nice to your uh, grocery shop uh, workers. Mm -hmm. Be nice to your service workers. Tip well if you get takeout. Just, Just be decent. Be kind. 
and be safe. Until next time, may the force be with you. We have spoken. From Blue Lab Productions, thanks for listening to Force Fan Podcast with Adrian, Cat Ray, and John. Edited and produced by Adrian Misa with original music composed by Brooke Monroe and original art by Mitsu Overstreet. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All rights reserved. <laughs>